Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And this is Books and Bagels. As always, before we get into our main book for this week, let's go over some of this week's reads. This week, I did two things, okay? So I reread the selection because, I don't know, <laughs> fun, you know? It's just like it's there and you have to reread it like once a year. So I'm on like my yearly reread of the series as you got, as you do. Um, and I also started reading for obviously for fun, The Awakening. Um, I'm really excited about it. It seems incredible. Um, but I'm mostly excited for the fact that it's like 100 pages and nothing more. So it is actually a really good book. I will say that. Um, I still working my way through these violent delights still getting there the romance is actually starting to happen now which is exciting because for a while it was just like he looked at me and I was like let's get to the enemies to lovers part of this because as of now you're just enemies and it's getting on my nerves um yeah it's still pretty good still very violent wouldn't necessarily classify it as delightful but hey um I suppose depending on the person for this episode, Sam and I are going to be reviewing One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus. The book follows four high school students who find themselves in detention when one of their fellow classmates, a kid named Simon who runs a very unpopular gossip site, all of a sudden dies, and they are the prime suspects in his murder. They have to work together to figure out who did it so that they don't go to jail. And as always, before we get into our favorite parts of the book, we wanted to go over some of the most important characters. And so the first characters that we're going to go over are the four key suspects. That's kind of obvious. They're like literally the ones on the cover of the book. Anyways, the first one is Bronwyn. And Bronwyn is like super smart. I think she wants to get into Yale. That's like her dream school. She comes from like super smart parents too, who were like Ivy League students. Um, She is really like friendly with her little sister who Sam's going to talk about in a little bit, but her name's Maeve. Um, and her secret was that she cheated on her chemistry test because she wanted a, an A in the class. The next character is Nate and he's like the bad boy, you know? Uh, he is, his like, he, his mother supposedly left them um and so he just kind of lives with his alcoholic father what the actual fate of the mother if she said her alive though is revealed later in the story i don't get to tell you yet um but his like big secret is that he like still sells drugs because he needs to be able to like provide money uh to like pay the fee the fees like to pay for like his father's like disability stuff uh like hospital bills and whatever um like things related to his dad so he like sells drugs to get that money and that's like his big secret um he also has a lizard named stan yeah (laughs) important um the next character is Addie, and she's like the popular girl uh and her like big secret is that she she did on her boyfriend jake with a guy named tj um 
And when she actually does tell Jake, he just, like, breaks up with her, uh, which is really fun. Good for her. And then the final of the four is Cooper. And Cooper is just, like, the, like, sporty whatever. Uh, he, like, he's a big baseball player, I think. Um, and his, like, original secret, I guess, is that he's a steroid user. But then his, like, actual secret is that he's gay. And so that, like, kind of takes a roller coaster and a turn. <laughs> okay. Um, the next main character is Jake, who, as Sydney mentioned, was Addie's ex-boyfriend. He's all kinds of crazy. Even when they're together, you're like, Addie, bestie, what is what is going on here? Um, he's super possessive and he's very toxically masculine, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. Um, and it's later revealed that he was the person running Simon's gossip site after Simon died. And has been the one kind of working to frame all of the kids in his murder. Uh, And he knew about Addie cheating all along, but was just kind of like holding on to her for possessive reasons, I guess. I don't know. Men be crazy. Next is Maeve, ultimate girl boss and uh, MC of the sequel. One of us is next. Maeve is like... I don't know how many Shira stands have listened to the podcast, but she's like Entrapta, like very in the tech, in the technology. She hacks into Simon's uh, website about that and finds his old Reddit sites. She's a hacker um, and she uncovers a lot about Simon through her computer skills. And she's also uh, in remission for leukemia, which uh, contributes to why she's so close with Bronwyn. And then last but certainly not least, we have Simon, uh, who is... A special kind of spicy. He runs uh, this gossip site, as previously mentioned, about that, where he basically just posts secrets about his classmates that somehow he knows that nobody really knows why he knows them. He's just kind of everywhere. And he kills himself. He was not actually murdered. He kills himself um, by putting peanut oil in his own water in detention and coordinating a car crash and just like doing all of this like fake encrypting stuff to make the four of them look super suspicious. He is crazy. As Maeve discovers, he also runs this Reddit site where he posts about like revenge and like going out with a bang kind of thing. So he's definitely a little strange. Um, And he dies in detention after posting on about that, that he is revealing four secrets about people. Um, And those four secrets correspond to the four people in detention with him. So he sets it up to make them look super suspicious and horrible. Uh, So he's kind of a genius mastermind psychopath. This episode might be a little bit of a rant episode because I have a ton of thoughts about this book. I feel bad sharing some of them because I've met Karen McManus and she's such a nice woman. And I want to preface this by saying that I love the sequel. But although I love this book in seventh grade, I think that it's kind of a bad book. And I think that although the writing is really interesting and the pacing is cool, the ending is so anticlimactic that it literally ruins the entire setup. Like, the the book is called One of Us is Lying. And I know, I know that it's hard to make one of your characters a murderer. I get that that's a little bit difficult. However, it's genuinely false advertising to be like, one of us is lying, and then have none of them be lying. It should be called None of Us is Lying. 
that's none of not, us are lying. None of us are lying. Like, and that just felt, like, so annoying to me. And even there wasn't just, like, the ending. I was just like, what do I, what do, I do with this? Like, okay, he killed himself. Like, this is creepy and weird and, like, strange to think about. But I wanted there to be a twist, a significant, substantial twist. And there wasn't one. And it bugs me. And especially bugs me because, like, the big twist, I'm putting this in air quotes, is that Jake was in on it, but you already didn't like Jake. Like, he was already creepy and misogynist and a horrible guy. Like, I wanted it to be somebody that you really liked and were, like, attached to, like, Addie. I think it would have been so, so, so smart had Addie been the killer. And I think that there could have been, like, genuinely interesting and suspenseful ways to execute that. And it bugs me that she just kind of, in my opinion, did a cop out and was like, oh, Simon killed himself. And it's like, because you do go into the book thinking that, oh, one of these four characters was one of the ones that killed Simon, you sort of, like, in your head, try to, like, piece together, like, you know? Yeah. Have you ever watched, like, Criminal Minds when they have, or The Flash, when they have, like, all of those, like, that, like, giant board, and there's, like, the red string going, like, across all these photographs and stuff? You kind of do that, but in your brain, whenever you read, like, one of these kinds of books, and most of the time, well, in my, in my case, because I'm, like, kind of good at this, you're, like, kind of right, and so I kind of have, like, a a little board that's like oh it's gonna be this character and then it ends up being someone who like wasn't even a suspect and you're like okay well what was the point of this book why did I read this yeah I just felt so like okay sure I don't know it just felt like a letdown and um I think that it's strange to me that this book has received so much reception. I think because the writing is good and like you're you genuinely like feel attached to the characters and what they're going through and like I get that kind of like in the back of my mind I was like oh damn like I really hope it's none of them because like they all seem like cool people. Well, not cool people. They all seem you know like like people. Like people. They're all people to me. <laughs> but I just felt very like ugh. the bad guys were the bad guys all on what was what was going on here so next section of this little rant moment is about cooper because when i read this at the time again seventh grade young bright-eyed seventh grader i was like gay people in a book that i'm reading this is crazy um and i was like oh my god it's so cool that he's gay and so cool that like gay people exist and i like went home with my life my standards were so low and now rereading it and watching the show, which we'll get to in a minute, I was like, what the heck is going on here? Okay, let me just say that the way that Karen McManus writes about queerness is downright homophobic. Again, Matt Hurst seems like a perfectly nice woman. I'm sure she loves and respects the gays, but it's not allyship to have somebody's like big secret be that he's gay. And I, like indicate all of this like, just like the whole book is like full of all all these conceptions of queerness that's like it's bad it's evil it's gross it's you know it's ruining him as a person and an athlete and i get that some of that is like societal standards but she actively made a choice to have his big secret be that he's gay and i just think that that's bad i just think that there were better ways to go about it and frankly in the year of 2017 when this book came out, 
she should have been held to a higher standard for how she portrayed gay people. First of all, there was, like, no depth to him. Like, the only thing about him that was gay was that he had a boyfriend. Like, there wasn't any exploration of, like, what being gay meant to him. Like, coming out or, like, navigating the, like, scary aspects of coming out. I was like, oh, Cooper's gay and he's got this secret boyfriend. And now he's been outed. And, like, nobody faces any consequences for outing him. Like, his lawyer's mad, but that's really it he's been outed and like everybody's like horrible to him and he's like feeling like like trash and his dad's mad at him and his like brother and grandma are fine but there's no exploration of that of queerness or gayness or any of these issues beyond just this like super surface level oh my god cooper's gay i think that like whatever like change in societal norms that mcmanus was trying to like catalyze um i think that she just like instead upheld societal standards or like societal norms even though she was trying to be like oh well it's like bad that being outed can like affect your sports prospects but then she like made his whole thing like i'm outed my sports prospects are now sad yeah (laughs) yeah it felt like she was doing this very bare minimum like classic white woman allyship moment where she's like I'm critiquing society but yet I'm also upholding the very things that I'm critiquing so interesting um and also there's literally no gay people in the second book except for Cooper like I just feel like it you know was a little lazy I wouldn't I would expect better if I'm being honest I and I would hope that in the future when she writes about gay people, she does better. So one of the things that I actually liked about this book was Bronwyn and Nate. I thought they were really cute. I don't know. My commentary on this isn't going to be particularly nuanced slash insightful slash unique, but I just think they were cute. I'm a big fan of the smart girl plus drug dealer trope. I think that it actually appears in more books than I can think of. I know. It's, it's in, like, moment. every high school book. It's so funny. It's really funny. And it's it's basically Riverdale. <laughs> I mean, it's basically Riverdale. I thought that she did a good job not making Nate super one-dimensional. But I will say that I do think that Nate was way out of Bronwyn's league. And you might be saying, Sam, Nate was a drug dealer and Bronwyn was on her way to Yale. And I might say to you that that does is not an indicator of personality. Bronwyn was not a very nice girlfriend. Like she basically broke up with him when she found out that his mom was actually alive. And I was like, you're not even going to sit there and listen to him. Like if the person I was in is like, oh, guess what? Like I have this horrible relationship with my mom. I would be like, you lied to me. But I think that it's annoying of Bronwyn to be like, oh my God, like so needy all the time. I'm like, your boyfriend's clearly struggling. Like, can you be a little bit nicer? Like, what is going on, my guy? Um, She doesn't have a lot of empathy slash sympathy. And even in the second book, she's not particularly nice to Maeve either when it's clear that Maeve's, like, going through a difficult time. I just think Bronwyn needs to take a couple chill pills. I don't think she should have gotten into Yale because there's no way Yale would have been like, it's okay, you cheated. It's going to be fine. I think she shouldn't have gotten into Yale. I should have been, like, a Paris Geller moment in season three of Gilmore Girls where she has, like, an emotional breakdown about it, and everybody around her is like, it's going to be fine, you'll go to a better school, and she goes to, like, a perfectly good UC school. I think that would have been good. But letting her get into Yale, I was like, enough. 
good things need to stop happening to her. I do not like Bronwyn. But I like Bronwyn and Nate. So lastly, on this little rant episode about one of us is lying, I did not like the TV show. Now, granted, I only watched the first two episodes, but then I read the Wikipedia summary of the rest of the show. I was reading this Wikipedia summary, and I thought the first two episodes were fine. I thought that the acting wasn't, you know, superb. But hey, it's it was going for, you know, a Riverdale aesthetic, and I can respect that. And I get to the end. So in the end, it's revealed that they killed Jake, okay, um, in this, like, shootout moment, which kind of happens in the book, except for the fact that Jake just goes to jail. And then they get a text that's like, I know your secret, keep playing along for what happens next, yada, 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 which does not happen in the book. And not only does that not happen in the book, but that just defeats the entire purpose of the book itself. Like, the book... You know, granted, did I like the ending? I mean, if you've listened this thus far, you don't know. But, like, no, this is not Pretty Little Liars. There's, he killed himself, that's it. I don't need to have this whole, like, let's keep killing people to avoid our problems kind of situation, because that's just silly. No, you can have a different plot line, you can do what she did in the sequel, and have a different game being played. Like, I'm fine with that. I think that's a good use of a second season. But having this whole, like, we know your secret. We know what you did last summer. Like, you have to keep playing these games before it gets out. I'm like, no, uh uh-uh, we're not doing this. I have not watched the TV show, but uh, given Sam's beautiful description, I will not be watching the TV show. So, (laughs) yeah, I would say it's not necessarily worth your time read the book, read the sequel. The sequel is so good. We'll probably do an episode on the sequel, but read the sequel, put it out of your mind. Don't watch the TV show. As always, we like to give every book we review a bagel and a song to correspond with it. And I'll go first this week because Sydney is currently looking on Spotify for a song and I won't put her on the spot. I would give this song No Body, No Crime by... Taylor Swift featuring Haim of the wonderful album Evermore. Uh, Not only because it obviously involves a murder, but I do think kind of like folk aesthetic that Taylor uses in that song uh, kind of corresponds to the book. I wish it was a little bit more like crisp, kind of like a Gossip Girl type bougie song about like wealth or something, but it wasn't. Uh, And I do think the kind of dark folky aesthetic corresponds really well with this book. Um, as for a bagel, I'd say this was a plain bagel. I mean, y'all have listened to the episode, you know, didn't really like it. I didn't really think it did much for me. I think it's a good book. Like sometimes a plain bagel is excellent, but unfortunately, you know, there wasn't much substance to it. I thought it was pretty predictable. Uh, the characters were for the most part, pretty two dimensional and pretty caricature-esque. Um, but I've read it a couple times. Like, it offers, you know, a kind of, like, hominess for me. Uh, and lastly, star rating, I'd say pretty solid 3.5 out of 5. The writing's really interesting. It's definitely suspenseful and intriguing. But again, as I said in my bagel review, pretty two-dimensional writing, or pretty two-dimensional characters, predictable plot, and a super anticlimactic ending kind of tanked all of that for me. Yeah, so I'm back from my search on Spotify, and I've decided after looking through three different One of Us is Lying playlists that I'm going to be using 
uh, the Black Widow version of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Um, I don't know. Because it has, like, the vibes of, like, Black Widow, which is, like, people die in that. And <laughs> people die in this book, too. And I feel like that kind of corresponds, like, that ties them together in a unique way. Um, for the bagel, I'm gonna give it, uh, an onion bagel. Because, like, I'd eat that, like, once a year. Maybe once every two years, but not very often. And, like, when I do eat it, it's, like, okay. And the fact that it is okay leads us in to my star rating, which is gonna be, like, a solid three out of five. Sorry, one of us is lying. But, like, a lot of times, if you listen to, like, a lot of our episodes, a lot of what I, like, talk about is one of my favorite parts of the book is usually, like, the ending and how that, like, ties things together and stuff like that. And... So I, like, usually get a lot out of the ending. And I didn't get a lot out of this ending. And so that, like, knocked it down a couple of stars. Too bad, so sad. Books and bagels in the morning.